Well, good morning and welcome to those of you who are joining us for the first time. Welcome to Faith Bible Church and welcome to everybody, whether you're joining us by uh, Facebook or YouTube uh, or one of our websites, faithbibleslidell.com or myfaithbible.org. Thank you so much for taking the time to worship with us today here on this uh, Communion Sunday where we observe the Lord's Supper. I want to thank our praise and worship team as well as our AV team for making it all happen. Do me a favor, go ahead and put in the comments a big shout out to both of those teams under the leadership of uh, both Winton uh, Pennington and brother, uh, brother John Singleton. We thank God uh, for them. I want to talk to you today, uh, and if I, I had to uh, surmise the message, uh, I would surmise it this way. We get messed up when we talk too much. We get messed up when we talk too much. I, I want to talk to you today about your words, your words and, and, and what you say, what you say. Pastor, why are you talking to us about this right now? Because right now, with so much going on, uh, with all of the things that are going on in our country and in our personal lives, uh, there's a, a lot that would cause us to be emotional. And I say all the time that when emotions run high, rationale goes out of the window. And with so much happening that's causing pressure, that's causing tension, uh, that's uh, causing our nerves to be rattled, that's causing frustration, I I'm also noticing that people are spilling over, that people are lashing out. Uh, and so Lord laid on my heart to talk to us about how we use our words. Uh, look at somebody there in your living room or on your job or wherever you are. I want you to turn to the person next to you and say, you talk too much. Don't, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't do that, especially if you're talking to your wife. Don't tell her you talk too much. But have you ever said to yourself, I wish I never said that? You, you ever said to yourself, why did I say that? You, you ever said anything to somebody that you wish you could take back. I, I remember one time I was talking to a woman who's a good friend of mine, and I asked her, uh, I just asked her out of the blue, I said, how far along are you? When are you due? And the woman responded, I'm not pregnant. I, I still cringe when I think about it. And it's been like 15 years, and of course, Joycelyn was standing right there, and that didn't make it any better. Every now and then, she still reminds me of it. I, I think God uses stuff like that to keep you humble. You start feeling good about yourself, and then all of a sudden, your wife says, hey, you, you remember that one time you asked so-and-so if she was pregnant, and she wasn't? I'm like, yeah, thanks for reminding me of that. And, and, and she kind of gave me a tongue lashing at the time. She told me, Nate, you don't never ask anybody that if they don't volunteer that information. And so uh, needless to say, I had a bad case of foot and mouth disease that day. But pastor, what does that have to do anything uh, with anything right now? Well, we've all heard the saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. 
It's a way of saying that when people say harsh words to us, we should just let it roll off of our backs. But, but can I tell you that nothing could be further from the truth. Words hurt. They hurt. And, and worse than crushing your bones, words can crush your soul. I would argue that bruised feelings and hurt hearts cause more damage than broken bones. Words can kill your confidence. Words can steal your joy. Words can cause damage that lasts a lifetime. Somebody tuning in right now, you, you, you're, you're, you have what we call low self-esteem. Because all of your life, you've been told a certain thing about yourself, especially by people who are supposed to love you. Your words are damaging. Words cause damage. Watch this. Words can be either life-bringing or death-bringing. Words are critical to the wise person. They're so important that it's dominant in the book of Proverbs. Proverbs refers to our tongue and our mouth and our lips over 150 times in 31 chapters. That ought to let you know how important your words are. Think about it. The entire universe came into existence because God said. You look in Genesis, it says, and God said. And every time God said, something was created. Our culture tells us, speak your mind. Say what you got to say. It doesn't matter who doesn't like it. If it's on your chest, get rid of that mess and so on and so forth. I, I even heard one person saying, if God put it on your mind, he must have meant for you to say it. See, that's why you got to watch who you're listening to. And, and when I was preparing this message, I had to reel it back because I almost said, that's the dumbest logic I ever heard in my life. I, I almost said, whoever said that must have had five people people in their class in school. You must have rode the short bus. Your mama must have sent you to school with a helmet on and a football helmet at that. I bet you still drive your car with a helmet on, whoever said that. That's some dumb logic, and it ain't spiritual or biblical. I started to say all of that, but then I realized I was talking about the power of words today, and I had to pray and start all over. Y'all pray for me. God ain't through with me yet. First of all, you're assuming that God put it on your mind. And just because you think it doesn't mean God said it. But watch what God did say in Proverbs 10, 19. 10, 19. He said, in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, but he who restrains his lips is wise. It says, in the multitude of of words. Another translation says, when words are many. That's another way of saying when you talk too much. Sometimes we talk too much. When do we talk too much, Pastor? You, you might be talking too much if you can think back on a conversation and you can't recall what the other person said. You, you might be talking too much if you have a habit of interrupting what the other person is saying. If you find yourself apologizing for interrupting a lot. You, you might be a person who talks too much if while someone else is talking, you find yourself thinking about 
your response as opposed to listening to what they're saying. If you're gossiping, hello somebody, you're talking too much. If you're talking about something that you don't know about, newsflash, you're talking too much. If you look back on conversations on a regular basis and you regret something you said, my grandmother used to say, hush your mouth, you're talking too much. And yes, I said hush. I, 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 a few weeks ago, uh, you know, we, Joycelyn and I have gotten to the age to the place, I should say, uh, in our life where, you know, uh, any given weekend, uh, we might come home and the entire house is empty. Uh, our kids are old enough now where a lot of times they'll just be gone. Two of them are grown. One of them is a teenager. And, you know, hey, man, when, when we come home and the house is empty, I, I got to tell you, it is a blessing from the Lord. There is nothing like coming home to an empty house. Can I get an amen? Where you just ha have, where you just have peace. Anybody love peace? I came home one particular Sunday, and man, the only person who was home after I had preached and did the service, and the only person who was home was Joycelyn. And I walked in, and the house was clean and quiet, and the food was on the stove, and Joycelyn was on the couch, and she was sitting there chilling out, and you could tell she was just having her, what they call it, a zen moment. And I walked in, and I said, thank you, God. Peace and quiet. And I walked in, and I said, hey, babe. And she said, hey. And I started telling her, all about the service and what happened and this and that. And I said, man, the house is quiet. And you know what that girl did? She looked at me and she said, Nate. I said, what? She said, shh. I felt played. I, I said, did she just shush me? Did she just tell me to be quiet? She just shushed me. So, you know, I'm the man of my house. Don't, don't nobody run my house but me. So, you fellas, you know what I did? I, I sat down on the couch and I hushed my mouth. <laughs> what is this proverb saying? This proverb is saying that sometimes you need to do a shh, hush up. How do I know when I need to hush up, pastor? When you don't have nothing good to say? If you know what you're about to say is going to hurt the situation as opposed to help the situation, shh. If, if you're talking about a subject for which you are not an authority on and you're only taking guesses based on what you found on the internet, shh. When, when you know that you're about to respond to something, in a way that's going to cause division, that's going to cause strife, that, that's going to bring up more anger. Well, Pastor, what should I do? Sometimes you got to do what Joycelyn told me to do. You got to choose to shh. Proverbs says when you talk too much, sin is not lacking. My grandfather was a funny dude, and one of the things he could not stand was a person who was always talking. On one occasion, I even heard him tell one person, shut your mouth. I, I looked at him. 
Some person we didn't even know, he's out of the blue, Papa said, man, shut your mouth, all that talking. And we didn't even know it. We had just met him, and they, they were going on and on and on and on about nothing. When I knew anything, Pop just said it. He said, shut your mouth, all that talking. And you know, he said something that stuck with me, and I never forgot it. He told this perfect stranger, he said, ain't no way you can talk that long and not tell one lie. I said, now you know that just makes too much sense. There's no way he talked that long and didn't tell one lie. How I know I'm talking too much, Pastor, when you should be listening instead. You should do more listening, you know, than you do talking. Why? First of all, look at what the Bible says. It says when you talk too much, sin is not lacking. We, we should learn to listen because listening helps us avoid trouble. I want you to think about it. How many times have you listened to part of what somebody said? Because you were in a hurry to respond or because you were not interested in what they were saying or because you wanted to get to the next thing or because you were already angry. And because of that, you only heard part of what the person said and you ran with the part that you heard only to find out that you didn't get all of the information and you formulated the wrong response. Can I get an amen? Anybody? You, you got to learn to listen when should we be listening, Pastor? We should listen definitely way more than we talk. Why? Because listening builds value in the hearts of other people. See, the problem and the cure is that we all value being heard more than we value hearing others. It's, it's a problem because it causes us to talk too much. But, but it's also the cure to the same problem because if you learn to listen, then other people will value what you say and what you have to say and they'll value you as well. When, when we don't listen, we tell other people that we're more interested in what we have to say than what they have to say. We, we have this climate right now where everybody is so full of ourselves. We're so full of ourselves that we assume that other people want to hear what we have to say. Our pride tells us that what we have to say is more important than what you have to say. Our pride tells us that you need to hear me more than I need to hear you. Pride tells us that I know better than you, so you need to listen. Our pride says, I have ownership of the last word. Pride says, I got to control how other people think about me. Pride says, I got to win every argument. Pride says, I got to get the last word. The biggest danger we run into when our attitude is like this is found in the second part of verse 19. It says, when words are many, sin is not absent. You know what I notice about Christians? Somehow we missed what God said about our words. Somehow we missed what the Bible said about our tongues. We, we got the part about don't steal, but we take life every day from other people with what we say. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. We, we read the part and we heard the part about don't steal, but we take life every day from other people with what we say. 
We heard him when he say, said, don't murder. But we don't mind assassinating your character if we don't like you. We, we ain't going to kill you with our hands. But we'll cut you tooth in the fry with our words. You, you would never catch us drunk as a sailor, but we don't mind cussing like one. It's crazy because for some reason, although the Bible says otherwise, we don't consider our tongues an instrument of sin, and yet it's the one we tend to sin with the most. We, we do more damage to the kingdom of God with what we say than anything else. It's been interesting to me to see the people of God use their mouths to talk more about their political affiliation than the God who saved them. Lately, I've been finding myself saying, if we talk about how much we love Jesus, the way we talk about how much we hate the president, we might be baptizing more people. If we talk about how much we love Jesus, the way some of us talk about how much we hate Black Lives Matter, we would probably be evangelizing some of the rioters and looters. I wonder if your friends and family know that you love the Lord more than you love the Republican Party, or do you? I wonder if the world knows that you're more committed to Christ than you are to the Democratic Party, or are you? Maybe if you read the Bible as much as you read these divisive news sites and listen to this junk, you, you would have a Christ-centered as opposed to a Democratic or Republican-centered view of the world. And, and by the way, I feel like I have to say this all over again, I'm not advocating Democrats or Republicans because I know that neither one of them, and yes, I said neither one of them have a biblical worldview. Well, what are you, Pastor? I am a kingdom independent. What, what does that mean? Tony Evans says that means that I value the kingdom of God. I value the kingdom of Christ above any political party. And what I look for in the people who are going to be elected is can they get us closer to establishing the kingdom of God here in our country? And I got to be honest with you, when I survey the landscape here lately, nobody gives me hope. And that's why my hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and righteousness. God doesn't ride the backs of Democrats or Republicans. And I know some of y'all going to get mad at me. Because both parties have Christians in them who think that you can't be a Christian and vote for the other party. Let me tell you something straight up. God isn't at the center of neither one of them. And you're in sin if God is supposed to be at the center of your life and you make them known more than you make him known. For some of us, our political parties have become our idols. We've replaced King Jesus with King Trump. We've replaced King Jesus with King Biden. We, we talk more about them than we talk about the God we say we serve. How, how come we can try to win people to our political party, but we have confidence issues when it comes to winning other people to Jesus Christ? Let that sizzle in your spirit, as Country Wayne would say. That's why you've lost your joy. That's why you don't have peace. 
That's why you're always angry and tired and frustrated and discouraged. Think about it for a moment. Some of us have actually cut off some of our brothers and sisters in Christ because we differ politically. And the last time I checked, the Bible still commanded brothers and sisters in Christ to love one another. Watch this. It says, when words are many, sin is not absent. But he who holds the tongue is wise. Understand this. All Satan needs is an entry point. A lot of times we fall into the trap of talking too much. And before we realize it, we've said something we shouldn't have. Especially when we feel like we have to defend ourselves. But you know the crazy part about it? When you look at the Gospels, Jesus never defended himself. Even when he was falsely accused, the Bible says in Isaiah 53, 7, that he did not open his mouth. It takes great strength to keep our mouths shut and appear as if we are weak when we're under pressure. You, 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 you really want to be like Christ? I dare you to learn to be quiet in the face of persecution. You, you want to be like Christ? I dare you to learn how to respond to your enemies when you're angry. You, you want to be like Christ? I, I, I dare you to learn how to be falsely accused and refuse to retaliate. Come here, Christian. You want to be like Christ? The next time somebody verbally attacks you, refuse to lash out, and now you're being like Christ. You see, but the reason why Christ was able to do it was because he knew who his audience was. And what kind of strength you display in the face of adversity is determined by who your audience is. And when you're in pressure situation, oftentimes we forget who our audience should be. And one reason why words are so, so important is because they reflect the condition of our heart and who it's turned to. And so many times they, they reflect who we're trying to please, especially in pressure situation. Here's the deal. The, the tongue is a thermometer. It, it shows our spiritual temperature. And if our words are sinful, if our words are hurtful, if our words are damaging, it reveals the condition of our spiritual state. If our tongues are out of control, it shows that our relationship with God is out of control. What you say gives an indication of who's controlling your life. And I got news for you. If you can't love the folks who, who are different from you, that's not the love of Christ. If, if you can't love the folks in spite of the fact that they disagree with you, that's not the love of Christ. If you find yourself talking about the way you disagree with other people more than you talk about what we have in common and what unites us and the fact that God's love covers all of us, I, I got to tell you, that's not the love of Christ and God is not pleased. When God controls us, he controls all of us. Our mouths are included in that. It's not just the way we think with our mind that changes. Our words are redeemed and changed as well. 
Because now I don't speak, but Christ speaks through me. Can I ask you, how is it that Christ speaks through you? And yet he never mentions his gospel. He never mentions what he's done in your life. If Christ speaks through me, I can see the bigger picture and your need for Christ. And I can bless you when you curse me. I can speak well of you when you slander my name. I can refuse to respond when I hear all manner of evil that you speak about me. I can refuse to argue when you try to provoke me to anger because the Jesus in me is bigger than the carnality that you're trying to bring out of me. I'm going to say that again. The Jesus on the inside of me is bigger than the carnality, bigger than the flesh that you're trying to bring out of me. And I've got something on the inside and it's working on the outside and it doesn't just work when I'm in church on Sunday morning it works in the way that I live it works in the way that I treat people it works in the way that I handle problems it works in the way of my relationships in every area of my life there's a power working inside of me and not only does it control my destiny eternally it's powerful enough to close to control my tongue while I'm here on earth I have an audience of one if God is my redeemer he's my audience and his strength even right now even when I'm angry even when I'm disappointed even when I look at what's going on around me and I don't like it his strength is being made perfect in the weak areas of my life that's why I can do what I'm supposed to do. I can spread the gospel in the middle of a toxic country. I can speak love to those that I disagree with. I can help the Lord to establish the kingdom in the hearts of men and women and boys and girls, no matter who they are, no matter what they look like, no matter where they're from, and no, regardless of the differences that we might have between us. So, Father, thank you for that power. Thank you for the fact that it is working in us. Lord, and I just pray for your people, Lord, that by your power, we would not allow our flesh to rule. Lord, when we have such an opportunity, Lord, to establish your kingdom in the hearts of the people, Lord, both that we love, the people we don't know, as well as the people we might differ with. Lord, I pray that especially at Faith Bible, especially for the members of Faith Bible, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would rule over all. Father, that your Holy Spirit would guide our hearts, our minds, and our tongues. We thank you and we praise you. While every head is bowed and every eye is closed, it takes the Holy Spirit. It takes Jesus Christ working.